Is it me or was it hiding here? Is it me or was it hiding here? So Hollywood Hey, hey, what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but you know what they like to call me, Miss Hollywood. And you're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Actually, it's the 26th episode, and I'm very grateful for all of my listeners, the viewers, and the followers. Um, as you guys know, So Hollywood is a platform where everyone is created equally and the titles go out of the door. Um, one thing we do have in common is this thing called entertainment. And so that is what my show is based on. Um, you can be anyone from a, a manager at McDonald's to a CEO in the in the highest paying club or whatever the case may be. But as you guys know, entertainment holds us together whether we like it or not it's like it's it's nothing that we can do about it everybody likes movies everybody likes videos everybody has youtube so on and so forth so that's what mainly brings my show um together for the people and it's definitely for the culture um as you guys know i like to do a mini recap of my last episode in which was episode 25 um I had a special guest by the name of Rep Your Set DVD. They're located here in Virginia, and um, they brought their movie, which is on Netflix. I believe it's called Base uh, Drug Dealers, and they also do videos. They do... Um, what else do they do? They do so much here in the 757, not only in the 757, but um, nationwide. And shout out to them. And I also like to ask a question to my guest, in which I do have a guest today. And I'm super excited about it because God works in mysterious ways. And you know how when you when you like to manifest stuff in your life and then, you know, it definitely happens. And I'm I'm just a proof of it. Um, but but like I said before, my question of the day is what bothers you about the industry? Why and what do you feel that you can do to make it better or improve it or um, get something out of it? And I want my special guest to answer that question at the end of the show. And hopefully I remember because sometimes I'll be forgetting because, you know, things happen um <laughs> but also uh 30 after i like to do this thing called top five um normally like i said i have different people in on as a um as a guest but this go around um 
it's going to be a different top five. So when, when we get there, you'll know the difference. Um, and then 40 after, we're going to close out the show, give you shout outs, uh, tell them where they can follow you, so on and so forth. Um, but without further ado, I have my special guest. He goes by the name of Dalen Goff. If I'm not mistaken, I, I do mess up words, you know, uh, so just just bear with me, <laughs> please, please, please. He is actually the marketing and PR. Uh, he does marketing and PR for the infamous. Yes, the infamous wing stop. Like, I don't know if you I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of it because, you know, of course, Rick Ross is putting it on the map. But he, this is the guy behind Rick Ross. You know, he does all of the marketing. He's definitely a marketing genius. Um, he has a lot of new things going on um, in which I met him through Zooming with the homies. But we'll get into that as well. Um, but, yes, this is uh, Dalen Golf. How are you doing today? I'm good. And good job. <laughs> Pronunciation. I'm super key on that end. Like, yes. everybody messes it up. Yeah. I've been called way many, a bunch of different things, <laughs> but no, nah, you, you're good. You're good. Dalen Golf, that's what my mama named me, mm-hmm. even though uh, she, uh, the funny story about my name, yes. I got it because my mom didn't, she wanted a little girl. Oh. So I have an older brother named Marlon. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted a little girl, didn't know, didn't do the, the sex of the kid, you know, that whole part. She was like, I'm having a little girl. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't pick out any boy names. And then here come I show up. Like, <laughs> what's up? And so my my grandmother um, is a was a gospel singer. Oh. So all through her career was a gospel singer. Her name was Mildred Clark. They had a group called Mildred Clark in the Kansas City Melody Airs, which is where I'm from, Kansas City. And my aunt actually sang in her her group. And there was a guy, another guy that played guitar, I believe. His son name was Dalen. And so she liked the name. My aunt liked the name. So my aunt named me Dalen because of that. Because she liked the name from the guitar player's son in my grandmother's group. And the other ironic part about it is that the name my mom was going to name me, Uh the female name, was going to be Tiffany. And my wife's name is Tiffany. Oh, crazy how stuff comes like that. Yeah. Yeah. My name was supposed to be (laughs) Tiffany. (laughs) My wife's name is Tiffany. She ended up naming a cousin of mine, Tiffany. Um, And so there, that's where my mom got that opportunity. But, you know, yeah, then I came and now it's one of those to where she's like, I I know how to raise boys. I wouldn't even know how to raise any girls because my (laughs) My brother has two nieces. I mean, I'm sorry, I have two nieces. My brother has two daughters. Uh-huh. And so she has nothing but, you know, granddaughters. And she's just like, man, I, we need some boys. I know how to raise boys. I got this. So <laughs> it is crazy how it goes. But that's the, the overall story of how I got my name. Oh, my was, gosh. Yeah, name's Dalen. It kind of goes with Marlon. Marlon and Dalen were like four years apart. So good job, though. Good Good job. job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) And that's where my question begins. Um, How did this thing called entertainment enter your life? You, as you can, you just told us your name is like itself. Like that was entertainment all day. Like you, your, your grandmother was in a group. And Mm -hmm. how how did you fall in love with this thing called entertainment? It's, It's weird. And 
probably until you just said that. Uh, it was the first time I really actually fully thought about it, although it's mm. just been a part of the fabric and DNA of my life. Um, as we talk about, just from a standpoint of my grandmother was a professional gospel singer right. her whole career, released some albums on ABC Records. I was um, super proud, probably about five or five to ten years ago, uh, Night Wonder sampled one of her albums, one of her records. Um, it was like on a mixtape or something, real underground, nothing really, you know, that was super popular. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a website called Who Sampled Who, and it ended up popping up. And it was like, you know, your Clark, and he sampled this. It's like, changed the world. I was like, yo, we made it. Really <laughs> make it. But it was super cool that, you know, from a hip-hop standpoint, I'm a hip-hop head. You know, and and having somebody that respected in the industry actually find one of my grandmother's records and end up sampling it and doing a track off of it. So, um, That's you know, amazing. just growing up, grew up in a grew up in a very musical family. My mom can sing her butt off. My grandmother, you know, sang professionally. Um, my entire family, mm-hmm. on at least on one side of it, can really, really sing like professional level, heavy in the gospel. I can't sing a lick. Now, is it your grandmother so, on your mom's <laughs> side or your grandmother on your well, my mom's side? Okay. I mean, okay. yeah, my mom's you're, side. You're, so my, yeah, my mother's mother, okay. um, saying, and like I said, I'm from Kansas city, Kansas. There is a difference. Kansas city, Missouri, Kansas city, Kansas here are from, are from Kansas city. Like I've never really had a conversation with somebody that was from, <laughs> from Kansas city. Yeah. It's, it's Midwest. Um, we ride with each other, especially from a standpoint. It's a, I never felt like I grew up in a small town, mm-hmm. but when I left, it was like, oh no, we were a small town. And then even smaller when you really talk about the real place I'm from. So you have Kansas City, Missouri, which mm-hmm. is where the Chiefs play. It's the larger city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where the airport is. It's way larger. And then you have Kansas City, Kansas, which is like, um, we call it Wyandotte County, the dot small very small, but all of us know each other. There's some people that have come out of there and everybody knows each other. Um, probably the most famous right now that your listeners would know, Janelle Monet grew up around the corner from me. Okay. Okay. Like her fam, I know her fam, you know, her um people, I think I may have dated one of her cousins, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I did. Um, but we all kind of grew up in those same neighborhoods and people that you just know and you just you know, anybody that makes it out or just around each other, it's just like, oh, yeah, you from the dot. It's a connection that we consistently have. Um, a couple of other industry guys, a guy named Joe Black, who's a producer. Uh, we call him Joseph Macklin. He's a producer, done a bunch of stuff for um, Ariana Grande and a bunch of others. He's like really vocal producer, a cat named Earl Watson, who used to play in the NBA, like all of us in a certain era came up with each other still we run into each other it's like hey what up you know represent the dot so it's a good small town feel as we've expanded elsewhere Mm -hmm. but yeah you don't really meet as many people but the ones you know you absolutely we connect uh like crazy because we have that shared experience and you guys run into each other throughout the state or not the states but throughout the you know your experiences in life 100 percent i'll never forget um, the, the guy Joe Black, uh, Joseph Macklin. I was at Essence Music Festival um, doing execution for State Farm. Um, I handled talent logistics for them for like the last eight years. 
And so I'm, you know, back in the spaces where you can only get in certain spaces Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's really behind the curtain type situation. And I kind of came around the corner. I looked, he was like, golf? And I was like, Jojo, what up? (laughs) You know, and he's there at this particular time. He's dating, um, what's her name from Destiny's Child? Um, Uh, Beyonce, not Kelly. Um, uh, She was one of the first two. We can't remember that. No, it's sad. (laughs) Not Saren. And I just seen her. She just had a baby. Uh-huh. But he was dating one of them. Okay. Um, uh, Latoya Luckett. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he was he was dating Latoya Luckett. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just one of them. Like they were back there, and I'm like, oh, what up? And my friends like, how do y'all know? I'm like, yo, we we from the same town. Like we from the dot, which it's is so our nickname for Kansas City. Two people that you know or grew up with or just just in general like especially if you haven't had that um if you haven't talked to them in mm-hmm. a while it's just like dang yeah. what are you doing now how you how you get back here like that's the ultimate <laughs> yeah what you doing <laughs> right? it is a hundred percent i will say the time i got at essence probably the number one time and i had like chills because um i was standing on the floor and I think Janelle was about to perform. She was opening up for Prince that year. Mm-hmm. And nephew Tommy was the host. And he got on stage and he was like hailing from Kansas City, Kansas. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for for Janelle Monet. And when I say chills went fully through oh. my body because I was sitting there and I'm like, yo, I'm standing here about to watch somebody from my hometown, my oh. small hometown, right. perform in front of 100,000 people, and we're in this space. And it's like, you know what? This is cool. Yeah. This, this is all right. Because you never expected that growing up. You know, you, you know your space. I mean, it's middle of the country. Um, you know, you see stuff from, especially entertainment standpoint, it's either New York or L.A., I remember being a kid and getting certain albums and when when um, Sugar Hill Gang, I mean, yeah, Sugar Hill Gang dropped and, you know, we had those. I was maybe in like second grade and my boy had the album and it's like, well, no, my, my cousin lived in L.A. and he sent me this and I get this before and it was all about somewhere else. Yes. Never realizing what was going on right then and there or even expecting to be in these arenas and these spaces. Yes. And Amongst these type of people yeah. and or just, you know, these like minded people, because it's, it's not every day you yeah. can find somebody that's like minded as well. Like one, they're from uh, your 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 city. But then on top of that, they made it like it's nothing. They made but joy it. They made it. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and that's where I think. It's a good thing about growing up there, and I wouldn't trade it for the world mm-hmm. um, because it it allowed me to be super grounded, mm-hmm. um, to be in a space to where if I'm not uncomfortable in any environment. Mm-hmm. I know how to maneuver. I know when to speak up. I know when to fall back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in looking at it, it's a certain air about it. It's like, you know what? I'm just as good. I never look at anyone, you know, down or too elevated. It's like, you know what? We're human. We're here. I know I have something to bring to the table. And that confidence has allowed me to do the great things that I've been able to do. 
Correct. And and grow as an individual and as a as a as a business minded individual. It's just like it hundred percent. It's, it's you know, where you are right now, like I'm pretty sure you never thought in a million years that, you know, this is something that you would be doing at you know at the highest I don't want to say the Agreed. highest point because you still yeah. have room to grow, of course. But right 100%. now yeah. it's just like, but right now. It's a good, it's a good place, you know, um, as I look back in it and it, I usually don't even pay attention to it mm-hmm. until I have conversations like this, or right. I speak at a lot of schools and, you know, try to just at least share the stories that I have and right. the things that I've done with the hope or, you know, just at least showing somebody like, yo, you can come from very humble beginnings, mm-hmm. very, you know, and not uh, area that you don't even either. expect. And not afraid to go 100%. back to your hum your humbleness because that's that's your foundation right there. Yeah. Like if you, yeah, if there are a couple things. Else, that's your humbleness. You have to. Yes. Biggest things for me being hungry, being humble, and being smart. Yes. If you're able to do those and balance those out, and really not let one just overtake the other, but have a strong balance of those things, then you can pretty much do anything you want to do. Correct. Being hungry, being humble, being smart um, are words that I really, really live by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely speaking in existence and believing in it, you know, because if you, if you don't have a yeah. belief or, or some type of, you know, I don't want to say faith background, but in a sense, you know, some, some higher power that you believe in that can manifest it, then that's also yeah. um, something that helps along the way. Yeah. And being able to have a quiet confidence. And being able to show up, I think a lot of times, just as people, we we our first instinct is diminish our, to diminish ourselves. Facts. And in reality, is that need you have to teach yourself to be out of there. When you know who you are mm-hmm. and who you are, then it it you show up mm-hmm. and you show out, and it's figuring out those opportunities of where you're able to do that, and then those are the people that that thrive. So, yeah. and, uh, um, and, and I think I answered your to... question. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think uh, I, I just want to make sure, you know, I understand these things. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to make sure from us, uh, because I'm going to get going. Uh, oh, no, but it's at fine. least answer your, your question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go there. So we'll, we'll go back how I got entertainment. Yes. Grew up around entertainers, um, really just gravitated toward, especially music and just seeing the bigger parts of it and then just figuring out my way to be able to contribute Mm -hmm. on whatever level I was at that particular time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like I said, I I couldn't sing, but I was always fascinated by like touring and my grandmother going out and doing shows and all of that and the the back end work and logistical parts of that. Mm -hmm. Always just fascinated with it and then figured out ways that I can be able to contribute um, throughout the different stages in my life. Um, so biggest thing, like grew up, like I said, in KC, uh, thought I was going to be an engineer cause I was good at math and logistics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, graduated from Sumner Academy in, in KC, which was a, a real big deal. Um, one of the better high schools in the United States. It also, set up a way where it was 50% white, 50% black, well, 50% minority, 50% white. Mm -hmm. So it allowed me to be able to interact with Mm -hmm. white people, Mm -hmm. black people, Hispanic, Asian, 
across the board and be able to develop relationships which end up paying off for me and paying dividends in my future career. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just had a good comfort level of different people in different backgrounds and finding out what makes them tick and what to do. And then some of them I'm still super, super cool with. One of my best friends is a Mexican guy named Jimmy Lopez. I call him J-Lo. He, you know, still talk to him to this day, talk to him about a week or two ago, mm-hmm. but understanding, you know, what Menudo was and, you know, different um, things that would happen in Hispanic community. Some of my, my white friends, and of course, just seeing other black people excel mm-hmm. in that environment. It was an academy, super smart kids. Everybody pushed each other. And I'm still, you know, probably about, 30 to 40 of them, we still catch up on a regular basis just because, you know, of that connection, even though all of us are spread out Mm -hmm. throughout the nation. Um, Some live not too far from you. My boys live up in D.C. Um, I just was up there earlier, well, last year, about a year ago this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, One works for the Pentagon. One works for the Department of Defense. One works for the IRS up there. Like, we just have yeah, we spread out all across the nation. Um, I have a friend that's a federal agent. Mm-hmm. Um, he works for, he lives in St. Louis, but he is the, he works for the postal inspector. And, but he has a, is a federal agent with the federal agent badge. And, you know, he, whenever I need something in that realm, and it's mm-hmm. actually come in handy, I had something <laughs> that was lost in the mail. Mm-hmm. And I called him and he called down to some place in Atlanta where all mail goes that they can't send it to somebody. And he had them track it down all the way down and for a box that had some important stuff in there for me. And he's like, normally they never find this, but I got you just because I knew him and we grew up together. Right. Um, Just being able to leverage those things. So you never know. (laughs) Yeah. You never know, you know how a relationship could um, be very beneficial to you, Um, whether it be a, a, you know, a friendship or like best friends, coworkers, or it's, it's, it's similar Mm -hmm. to being in a, if, if I was in a fraternity or sorority, it's similar to being in something like that. Um, Just the, the, just the connection that you guys have and willing to come back to one another, you know, it might be one to two mm-hmm. years that you guys don't speak to one another, but you still call each other and, you know, um, just check in. Just it's, it's those types yeah. of relationships that, that, um, that are great. And I, and I pit, yeah. not pitched that, but I'm, I'm very adamant about th- those type of friendships and relationships because you, like you said, you yeah. never know who you need. Or you never you know. At, at all. And you don't do it. Um, there was a meme or a post I seen the other day, mm-hmm. and it was talking about investing, mm-hmm. but investing in people and investing in friends. Yeah. As yeah. you're doing these investments and you're doing for other people, it's just a kind you're doing it because you believe in it. You believe in it just in the same way. If you believe in a company, you believe in a product, you invest your money into it. Well, I've invested for years in my friends and, and, and people that I know um, just to help them build and push that with the hope that maybe one day mm-hmm. 
there could be an opportunity that you may be able to help me back. Right. I'm not doing it because I'm looking for that help. I'm just saying I'm going to push there. Therefore, whenever we get to that point and it's like, you know what? I need a package tracked down. My boy works for the postal inspector. Right. <laughs> and he make a phone call. <laughs> and he's like, golf, what you need? He's like, man, you done got me in the every party. You done got me in the concert. You done got me in the here. You done done all of this stuff. Just, no, oh, I can help you? Oh, no problem. And they will yeah. jump at it. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? That's cool. Because I didn't do it for that. Mm -hmm. But it feels good to be paid back a little bit on those things of when you invest in other people. And 100%. I do it not, yeah, not for any personal benefit. I do it because I just like to see everybody win. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I really do. And I, and I think if more people would have that same attitude and mm -hmm. just saying, you know what, I, I want everybody to win. Why not? Right. Because you winning does not stop me from winning as well. Fact. And I just think we'll be a much better place if we just have a certain attitude with that. Um, and I'm a living witness that it comes back. You know, mm -hmm. all those situations and all the great things I've been able to do have just really because I've been in the relationship business. Right. And, you know, I can be able to make a phone call. I, I, I'm my, my at work, they know, uh, I always said I can get to anybody mm -hmm. in two phone calls. Mm. Hello. <laughs> anybody you can think of. I can get I can get to them in two phone calls, and they I've had some interns play the game mm -hmm. of how would you get to them, and I would be like, oh, I would call this person, I would call this. Now, it may be one person that I can get to a hundred people with, <laughs> but I can get to anybody that you want to get to, that's and for the right reason within two phone calls. That's good. That's that's relationships that are definitely good to have <laughs> yeah 100 100 but with that being said how did you um like throughout your years of high school and it it said you went to university of oklahoma is that correct yeah okay yep went um, to the university of oklahoma yeah and you have your your bachelor's um in business admin how did the, leading up to that like Give me a little synopsis of leading up to that and what you, you said you wanted to be an engineer initially. And then what changed your mind from and being an engineer? Two things. I pledged Kappa Alpha Psi and okay. my GPA drop. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny, but it's funny because I understand. <laughs> it's so true. 1999, my mama was not happy. She was like, I don't care about no Kappa or whatever that is. This GPA ain't no good look. I don't care what you say. So that happened. Um, secondly, I did internships. Um, and in that internship, uh, I did two of them. Uh, it was at Hallmark Cards, which is actually where my mom uh, worked for 36 years. Uh, she just retired from Hallmark Cards. Their headquarters is in Kansas City. Um, and so in looking at, I will quick segue to my mom. Mm -hmm. I know this sounds cliche about your mom being your hero. Definitely, I don't care because she's mine. Mm -hmm. um, went from, you know, mom and dad divorced when I was eight. So she went from single mom raising two boys, mm. um, both college graduates, um, and she went to school around the same time. At, and she started off at Hallmark as a secretary in the marketing division wow. and found out that they was paying for college, went to college, went to junior college for four years, 
and part-time and then went to um, Park University, which is in Kansas City, realized that computer science was about to be a big deal. This is right before, this is like early 90s. Mm-hmm. So computer science was going to be a big deal. Went in to be a computer programmer, got um, got a degree from there, actually got the job in Hallmark as a computer programmer before she even completed her degree and then retired as a senior manager of IT. And so going from a secretary to a senior manager of IT and walk out of there, invested her money and literally retired with a million dollars in her bank account. From her investments, all of that. So to be going from that and just stay the course the whole time to be able to do that is Mm -hmm. just one of those stories that I follow about perseverance, about timing, about looking at it as, you know what, I'm not just going to find the quick, you know, get rich quick scheme. It's like, you know what, let me take these steps to be able to build and build. And I know it's a sacrifice. I know the things that have to happen, but I want to make sure I do all the things I can in order to put myself in a better position. And now she's chilling and I love it. So, you know, so going from that, I saw kind of that blueprint, um, went to school, wanted to be an engineer because I was good at math, did internships. First couple of them were cool. And then they put me back in the engineering office and made me draw parts on the computer. And I was bored out of my mind. I needed to be interacting with people. And so from that part of it, and then from pledging, I was like, I don't really want to be an engineer if I'm going to sit into a room eight hours a day drawing parts. Right. And that's when I switched to business. Mm. I also at OU was the DJ. So I was the college DJ. What? So did all the parties did that part of it like from 90 that was probably 90 i went to school 96 really started djing at school about 97 98 mm-hmm. so by the time i graduate what was your every DJ party name? that was on oh dj all day or it was just Dalen. it was a job <laughs> like i i was a, it was, let me take it it was a job that i was good at mm-hmm. but it I never got caught up in the limelight part of okay. it. Uh, I'm the DJ. Like, I'm coming there. It was like, you know what? I can work here. My roommates work at a bank mm-hmm. and at a as a pharmacy tech. And I can DJ twice a week. And I make more money than both of facts, them. Facts. 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 Means <laughs> to an end. Let me go ahead and spend at these parties. Make this $200 a party. Right. $400. My rent is only $235 a month. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm over here balling. <laughs> and I only got to work six hours a week. Yeah. Yeah. Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. So that's why. <laughs> and I was good at it. I, from that experience, though, it works in marketing in a certain way. So as we talk about kind of my experience, I take something from everything I did mm-hmm. and it plays into what I do right now. Right. So from the DJing part of it, if you play a song, and it's not the right song at the right time, right. you get instant reaction from that crowd. Right. And you getting booed, you getting <laughs> killed a DJ, the DJ is whack. Yeah. Man, who is it? You mess up, you're controlling the hundreds of people that are there by what you're doing. And that pressure to perform is key because if you don't perform right at that particular time or the system mess up or the equipment malfunction, nobody cares. They're all nobody. looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares why. 
they just know I paid my $5 back then mm-hmm. to get into the party and you need to play what I want you to play. And, you know, you take the request or what you, okay, why you ain't play my song yet? Hey, <laughs> it's nine o'clock. <laughs> First, why are you requesting back that ass up at nine o'clock? <laughs> and it's only 10 people here. Like, I don't play that at midnight at the height of the party. Right. And I've played it at every party. Don't think I'm not going to play it, but they just feel they want to put their input in. So, you know, you learn those lessons in doing that. So, went to college, you know, got a business degree, learned the kind of DJing business entrepreneurial spirit that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, also understand the lesson of I'm about the money, not about the fame. Right, right. And understanding the difference between the two and how if you're able to do both well, then great. Mm-hmm. But I'd much rather you, you, you can't pay your rent with the fame. Right. Facts. So Facts. I need to make that money. And this is what it costs in order for me to do that and not to get necessarily so caught up. So did that. Um, graduated from OU in 2001. Mm-hmm. And I did chase the money too much. So the next lesson was I went to work for Aldi grocery store chain. I was a district manager for them. Okay. And they paid me a lot of money, gave me a company card, Mm. car, moved to North Carolina, and I hated it with a passion. What? They gave you all of that? Oh, I hated it with a passion. All of that. So at that, I was, I had to shave all my facial hair. It was a (laughs) German owned company. I was working like, on an average week, I was working 80 hours a week. Oh, Not every two weeks, one week. Oh my gosh. I, I'll never forget. I wanted to go to my family reunion in that summer after I started there. Um, so I graduated in December mm-hmm. and started when moved to North Carolina in January. And in that July, my family was having a family reunion in DC, ironically, and I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And the only, only way I was able to go, I worked 21 hours straight. Wow. In order to be able to get off. I went in at four o'clock in the morning. and I left at one o'clock the next morning the whole time. And I was like, oh, this is not cool. I lost (laughs) more weight then than I did pledging, which is a lot. I lost (laughs) weight in both situations. (laughs) But it taught me the great lesson of don't take a job just for the check. Right. Exactly. Because it was a nice check. They'll work you to death. Oh, they got every single dollar out of me. <laughs> every single dollar out of me. <laughs> to the point to where you're you're in situations of where you, I was having to choose between sleeping and eating. Oh. And sleep always won. I would get home. I'd be like, do I need, I need to fix something to eat? And I'd be like, I'm so tired. Let me go ahead and lay this down. Right. Because right. I got to be back up in about five or six more hours and do this all over again. So it was just the full training process it was you know going through that there was a lot of they the guy that was training me ended up getting fired and then I had a new person and it was just it was a whole big mess but it taught me some great great lessons and you know with that lesson it was like okay let's figure out something that you'd like to do Mm because you're going to be doing it Mm -hmm. and then we'll figure out how to get the money later Mm -hmm. and that was when I left there I um I took a part-time job at Best Buy and I was trying to get into radio because I was like, hey, I was a DJ in college, right. but I got a business degree. Let me go try to work in radio. 
and I, you know, beat the block trying to get a job in radio and they wouldn't give me a job in radio mm-hmm. and in radio sales and marketing. And I ended up while I was working at Best Buy, met a guy and he bought a TV from me and, you know, he would always just come back in and me and him just became cool. Right. And I'll never forget. He was holding the Roots CD and I was like, Hey, you know, I you got that Roots CD. He's like, yeah, the program director at, um, Hot 92.7 said it's a classic. And I had been doing my research and I knew the pro- who the program director was and I had been trying to get on. I was like, oh, so you know Boogie D? He's like, yeah, how do you know Boogie? I was like, well, I don't really know him. I've been trying to get a job right. over at Hot 92.7 uh, for a while and he just won't come. He's like, why are you talking to Boogie? And I was like, because I don't know. He's on the radio and I see him out at the club. I, I don't know. He's like, talk to the uh, general manager. I was like, well, I don't know the general manager. Right. And he says, well, she's my fiance and the wife of my two kids. I mean, and the mother of my two kids. Oh. And I said, you'll have my resume tomorrow. And I got hired a week later. Oh. And that's how I got in the radio. Oh, wow. From selling a guy a TV <laughs> and still being cool with him. <laughs> See that relationship that goes back to that, to having good relationships and communicating. Yeah. That's amazing. Communicate and putting it out there. But yeah, that's how I've been trying to get in radio for three months and could not get anywhere. And from that one interaction, and him and I are still cool to this day. Mm-hmm. And I'm also cool with Boogie D, very cool with Boogie D. Um, and yeah, from that interaction, it just became something. And me being humble enough to say, even though I have this college degree and I mm-hmm. had this big time job and it was like, you know what? I need to do something. Let me go work at Best Buy. Yeah. And being humble enough to say, I'm going to go sell some TVs at Best Buy. Yeah. I got a degree. There's a bunch of people in here that don't. So what? Right. I need a job. Right. I want to do this. I want to remain active. I want to, you know, not be sitting at home, but from that, that's how I got in the radio. And that's where a lot of things just kind of took off. And, you know, relationships and, you know, switch some radio, start working for the CIAA and that I, I ran a club and then, you know, back to relationship. Mm-hmm. I had a guy who I went to college with, this guy named Roy Williams, mm-hmm. who um, used to play for the Cowboys. He actually used to be engaged to Kelly Rowland. Now the wow. Destiny's Job Connection. <laughs> um, but Roy, I know, pretty weird. Yeah. Um, of which, Another pivot off of that. Man, I have a lot of Destiny's Child connections. You, you did. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen this. Well, maybe you probably haven't. I actually got a lap dance from Beyonce no, in 2005. I have to. I have to pull it. I have to pull this video up. It's a video. You find? Did you find Uh-oh. the video? Why am I? I'm trying to Facetime you. My oh, are you Facetime? Yeah. No, I didn't mean. <laughs> you found the video? No, I didn't find it. But I'm. I once I um. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube right now. I loaded it years ago. And I have a couple images because no one ever believed that story. But that was, I was working in radio and they did the Cater to You tour. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Destiny Fulfilled tour. And they did the Cater to You thing after the BET Awards. And they would do it on uh, their tour stops. And I got selected to be one of the people to go up on stage. Oh, there my goodness. And do that part. That's crazy. Yeah. So random, very random. But <laughs> back to me coming to Dallas, Roy went to college with me. I was uh-huh. DJ in college. He was a couple years younger. He was playing for the Cowboys. And I ended up 
ended up hiring me to come to Dallas and run his foundation, mm-hmm. which was geared towards single moms and to handle marketing for him. Okay. And so that's what brought me from Charlotte to Dallas. And yeah, yeah, Charlotte to Dallas on that end. Then I started working for, after that, I started working for Ludacris to launch his cognac brand, Conjure. Okay. okay. And then um, a couple other different things, a couple projects, then started working my last role at the marketing arm, mm-hmm. which I was the director of multicultural marketing okay. eventually. And that's where I worked for six years working with uh, Frito-Lay and AT&T and State Farm and doing the Essence stuff and um, just doing a lot of those executions mm-hmm. and which then led to the relationship with Anthony Anderson, okay. uh, because when we did a couple projects together, he realized that his character on Blackish is what I did in real life. Oh, and we would trade stories about that and, you know, kind of talk through that. I worked for a big white agency. I handed all the multicultural marketing okay. for all of these brands okay. and did that. Then I worked there and then from there, Wingstop hired me away uh, probably <laughs> two years ago. And this is where I'm at right now. So that's the full list of my career. Yes. <laughs> um, there's some spots in there, but that's kind of the arc of where I've gotten to. And, you know, utilizing those relationships and those connections and that experience. Mm-hmm. And that goes into what I do on a daily day basis for Wingstop. And this is what you, this is not necessarily your final stop, but this is something that you see yourself doing for some, you know, more than, because you've been there, what, two years yeah. now? So this is going to be... Two years. Uh, and it's a, um, it's a great place for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For what I do and being able to bring and connect the two worlds, mm-hmm. the business aspects of it, and leaning it in from what I know about the entertainment mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. Because I've worked in sports marketing and multicultural marketing and entertainment and music and taking all of those worlds right. and bringing them them into the positioning that I'm in. So I'm over, um, I'm, my job title is uh, director of marketing, uh, uh, and I'm over social media. So everything you oh, see on Twitter yeah. and yeah. Facebook and Instagram comes across my desk. Um, I'm head of partnership marketing. So all of our relationships, things like we're the official flavor of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. And we have a partnership with the, Golden State Warriors and the Spurs and the Mavericks. So using that sports marketing background and leaning into those sponsorships. Um, and then I'm also head of influencer marketing. So the relationship, I manage the relationship with Ross. I also manage the relationship with all of our other influencers like Kenny Burns down in Atlanta. Okay. Um, there's some guys in Chicago called the Future Kings. And we do a bunch of stuff with them. We also have franchisees beyond Ross. Ross owns like, I think he's at like 27 locations, but mm. we have 1,500 locations worldwide. I think it's seven um, so actually he, here in Virginia that I counted. Seven total. Yeah, yeah. Seven we got seven in Virginia. So we have them up in in uh, Delaware. I manage that relationship. We um, we have a very strong relationship with DJ Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. And he does a bunch of stuff with us. So, you know, making sure that those things are done. And then we have, we call them brand partners, but they're franchisees. Mm-hmm. Um, so the people that own franchises. So managing um, the celebrity franchisees that we have, which are 
Richard Sherman, who plays in the NFL. I think he plays in San Francisco now. Mm-hmm. He owns two locations. Uh, this guy named Willie McGinnis, who used to play in the NFL for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another guy named Seneca Wallace who played in sports. So all of those kind of high-profile relationships and anything that's going to help elevate the brand from a whole standpoint Mm -hmm. and elevating it in culture. I pretty much manage all of that um, and try to keep Wingstop as cool as I possibly can. I I want people to kind of be like, all right, y'all cool. Yes. Y'all sell chicken and it's green and stuff, but (laughs) y'all got a little swag. And so I'm just trying to maintain that Mm -hmm. and build up on what I call is our cultural capital. And doing that through sports, through music, through entertainment. Definitely, definitely. Now, how, like I said and, before, how I met you was mm-hmm. well, through Zooming with the homies when... Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, Zooming with the homies. Yeah, <laughs> that's my main, my main reason why I wanted to contact you. Because I was like, he looks like he, he knows a lot. Even outside of... <laughs> Outside of the marketing side, it's like he knows a lot about the culture. So why not get him on my show and, you know, talk, talk about his background? And no, that, talk about that's it. cool. So do you know how did that relationship even came no, about? No, I don't. I don't. You have to definitely so tell me. It's weird. So <laughs> Tahir made a post um, about Wingstop and he was like, yo, whoever ran this account is off the chain. <laughs> like who who like I'm sorry like something going on like what it so it was just a funny post that was really tied into the culture mm-hmm. and he was like yo these brand accounts is wild like you know somebody up in there and so what happened people know that I run the account so friends of mine or family member like tagged me in it uh-uh. and was like hey hey this part of it so I reached out and I was like I actually run the account. he's like man he's like, I had to get you on the show like. This is actually interesting for me because it's one of those things you see brand accounts putting it out there, Mm -hmm. you know, people like a Wendy's and, you know, McDonald's and different ones. But because we have this positioning in culture Mm -hmm. because of relationships like Ross and we can lean into sports because of all the people that we have um, that are sports figures or even a lot of people don't realize that, um, What's her name? Uh, Leighton Green, mm-hmm. who sings that um, I can't get you along because mm-hmm. it's, it's the song with Little Baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, she used to be a manager at Wingstop. Wow. And it's just, we just have this positioning that's there and we're able to speak on social the way other people are not able to. Right. And, you know, I'm big on, hey, let's harness that power. I culturally know the things we can and cannot say, what we can lean into, what we can't. But the fact that we have this power, let's go ahead and do it. And so we did that. Tahir saw it. They tagged me. I connected with him. We chopped it up. He's from St. Louis. I'm from Kansas City. We got cool. And he's like, yo, I got to get you on the show. And I was like, well, if I'm going to come on, let me bring some people with me. And we'll do it every single time that way. So some brand fans. So the first time I came on, I brought on Roy Wood Jr., um, who was on the Daily Show and Comedian. And then the second time, I think I brought on uh, Brendan Haywood, who's a friend of mine from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I brought on uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff this last time. And then I'm working on, we may do it actually this week, this Wednesday, we were talking about me coming on one more time. And I'm working on a very special guest to come oh. on with. But it was just 
you know, like-minded people that connect. And he was just fascinated that it was somebody he can actually point out somebody that's behind the scenes doing that right? and how that plays into things that you see and you laugh about on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, et cetera. Right. right. So that's kind of how it all came about. But it also leans into that same realm of influencer marketing. Facts. He's an influencer. Yeah. Yeah. He says something, Kev says something, the people out there are people that follow them. And if I'm able to interject a brand like a Wingstop into their audiences and it be a comfortable level, then as you are making decisions about what you want to eat tonight and they all sitting there eating it, it's like, oh man, let me go ahead and order me something Facts. to eat. Let me Facts. do this. Marketing now, at its in the finest. Same, <laughs> it's marketing without even, I'm, I'm big on kind of undercover marketing. Product placement. To where it's just nuanced. Product placement is the reasons why when Ross was performing on the versus battle, you saw Wingstop that yes. bag behind it. Yes. That wasn't by accident. Right. I, what a lot of people <laughs> don't realize, I had a whole team there. I, I had a food truck <laughs> sitting outside of the studios where they did the recording oh. to make sure that everybody in the entire studio was fed beforehand Wingstop. That's so genius. when we looked at putting a bag behind there, of which, like, I didn't really even pay for that. Mm. That was just part of what we do. Like, and people pay millions of dollars of for brand placements and things of that nature. But if you develop the relationship and figure out like, yo, I ain't got a million dollars to give you to put this <laughs> bag in there. Right, exactly. But I do got this food. Yeah. So Mr. Engineer, Mr. Cameraman, Mr. Yeah. You know, studio yeah. dude, come outside and get you something to eat. Get that lemon pepper, you know, and some lemon fries. You hot, good? Actually, and lemon pepper hot is what yeah. I like. I love it. Get you that lemon pepper hot. <laughs> and when my team comes in and places that bag right there, you're not going to move it because we've been part of the team the whole time. Facts. And that's how you're able to just use those relationships and little nuanced marketing to where it's not overly, mm-hmm. you know, in your face. But it's just reminding you or just giving some sort of trigger like, man, I sure would like some lemon pepper hot. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go ahead and put in that order. Yeah. It's kind so, of like a subliminal that's, message that's kind of that. that you didn't even know was like right there. I'm like, oh, OK, well, we ain't stop. But it wasn't mm-hmm. on the menu tonight. But uh, I think I want some <laughs> just by so saying from something. That- Yes, from that zooming with the homies, there mm-hmm. was a, a comment on there. I looked at one of the earlier ones, and it was just like, I hate when Dalen's on the show. Because <laughs> every time he show up, I end up ordering a whole bang of wing stock. <laughs> like, yo, not cool. And I was like, I can do that. Right. I appreciate you. that. You know, thank you. You know, let me, let me take a screenshot of that. Facts. And uh, I send that to, to my CEO. That's like, a, hey, that's a testimony I, I right you. there. That's a whole testimony. You ain't even know it. Thank you. You ain't even know. <laughs> no lie, I do. Uh, when people make comments on our social media and say, whoever is, is running this account need a raise mm-hmm. or you know, they off the chain. Oh, I take all them screenshots. Oh, yes. I have a whole list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have a good work for I was like, keep all them keep just in case. 
I need to be able to pull that out and be able to say, you know, remember we was talking about this? Yep. This is what yep. the people say. People say this. <laughs> I got facts you know, right here. I you can say all you all want. <laughs> um, one of my my things, my, my guys hate me when I say it, but uh, one of the things that I use from a business perspective, one of my Dalenisms is it's not about what you do. Mm-hmm. It's about what you can prove. Mm. you can do the greatest execution ever but if nobody sees it you can't prove it it's human nature especially in today's time i can say like i mentioned earlier i got a lap dance from beyonce Mm -hmm. first thing you think shut up (laughs) hey here's the picture oh man that's real nobody believes you unless you have evidence right so you sometimes gotta keep the receipts Got to. And you don't have to flunk the receipt off jump, but if somebody asks you mm-hmm. and you need to pull it out and you're like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and luckily in today's time and with technology, you can be able to do that a lot better. Thanks. And it's just all about how you leverage that in order to be able to tell your story and to be able to back that story up with facts. Facts. That is all facts. Man, you you dropping a lot of gems on us today. <laughs> you definitely dropping a lot I'm trying. of gems. <laughs> uh, this, this has been my, so this year, uh, my wife and I kind of, we talk at the beginning of every year just to figure out kind of what we're doing from a game plan, mm-hmm. what we want to accomplish, like setting goals, setting strategy. And one of the things that um, I've been trying to do this year that is different mm-hmm. than I've done previously, I've always been a behind the scenes guy. Right. As, you know, pulling the strings, puppet master type thing, never wanted to get out there. Biggest thing this year is really having conversations like this with the hope that somebody that may be listening could be like, oh, I can do that. Or this is a thing. Just being able to at least put it out there. I I have, you know, been blessed immensely with what I've been able to do and what I've been able to see. And being able to share that with someone else is just something that I view as my obligation for the next generation that's coming up because me as a kid in Kansas city, Kansas would have loved to know that I could be doing this right here. Mm -hmm. Or there was somebody that had this particular job that didn't exist back then, but that could really enjoy what they do for a living Mm -hmm. and get paid for it. And being able to have that balance of both getting compensated, which you fairly should be getting compensated, but also truly enjoying what you do. And being able to not feel that level of angst Mm -hmm. and that pit in your stomach that I had when I worked for Aldi of, oh, dang, I got to go to work today. Yeah. Whereas now I wake up working. I work all the time. (laughs) I'm always looking. I'm just on the, I mean, we're doing a Cowboys execution right now, uh, well, a couple hours ago. And my team was hitting me on the WhatsApp. Okay, let's do this. Like, I enjoy to work and I encourage everyone to figure out something that you truly enjoy and then figure out ways to monetize it. Yeah. And that's the true thing that you want to get to. That's, that's the American dream. In my opinion, doing what you like to do and actually getting compensated for it. Yes. I'm on my way to that as well. I haven't made it there yet, but I'm definitely on my way. <laughs> keep pushing. Yes, keep pushing. I am. I will I keep am. <laughs> yes, I am. I'll be DMing you and, and contacting you throughout this process and be like, hey, I need some help. I need but, some advice. Not a problem. Now, like, now we cool. Again, you know, we cool now. <laughs> we cool. I mean, from honestly, 
the the zooming with the homies has been actually a a true blessing yes. for me because yes. it also gives me opportunities to talk to different people. It, it's probably been like uh, it's probably been at least five or six people. Um, one guy in Chicago, he's like, "Can can I just call you?" And I was like, "I ain't hard to find in my number. What's up?" <laughs> right. And he sets up time on my calendar once a month just to be able to talk through what he's doing and where he's trying to go wow. and being able to say, all right, let me run something by you. And I'm like, Oh, try that. Right. Have you thought about this? Like I'm okay with that right. because it's once again, investing in people. Right. Um, I got a great call. I mentioned earlier that this, the future Kings, which is a group in Chicago. They're like a dance group mm-hmm. and they have a couple songs that are out that have gotten pretty good buzz. They've also been like background dancers for when the baby did his performance on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and they bought us the Jabberwocky. They were the ones doing the bop in the whole part of it. They've done some stuff with Chance. They are really on the up and coming part of it. I got introduced to them through my agency mm-hmm. and did a quick project. And one of the guys on it just did above and beyond. Like he did his video from the wing stop. He did a song to it. Like it was super cool. Right. That happened like in April. So every time I had a project coming up, I would reach out to him. Hey, what do you want to do with this? Can we do something with this? Well, the last one I did, we had a, a viral clip that this girl was going crazy, wanting some wing stop. <laughs> and I ended up calling um, Sway, the remix guy, mm-hmm. the guy that does like the memes, greens, yeah, potatoes, yeah. tomatoes. Ended up calling him to do a remix of the, the viral video. And it's like, hey, can you do this? And he's like, no problem. Let's get it. He did it, and then I called the guy from the Future Kings, the guy named Renzel, mm-hmm. and told him, can you do a dance video to this? He's like, not a problem. Got you. From that, Rick Ross liked the video. Wow. He ends up DMing Rick. Rick hits him up and's like, I like y'all movement. I like what y'all doing. I want y'all to come down and do a dance video for me for Bel Air. Ends up flying all of them down to Atlanta, to the promised land, Rick's house down there. And, you know, there will be, it hasn't come out yet, but basically he told me that we're we in a video doing some stuff for Bel Air. And he called me the other day and was like, Taylor, I just got to tell you something. And he's like, thank you. I was like, for what? He's like, from you doing this, 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 and this, <laughs> it turned into this, which turned into this. Wow. And it's all because you, you know, that's what I was like. Wow, I was like, congratulations. Like, keep killing it. Like, I'm excited. But he was just like, no, I had to call you and thank you. And I was like, I wasn't, it wasn't. He's like, I know. You didn't do it for any personal reason. It was just like, you know what? These guys are out here. They're doing it. They're striving. This is a potential way I can be able to help them out, put them in a certain position, and something great came out of it. So I'm looking forward to whatever they come up with. And, you know, I, I hope to one day be at Essence and looking up and they on stage, you know, performing mm-hmm. or wherever. So that's kind of where I get joy is just other people, you know, living out their dreams, doing their things. And if there's ways that I can be able to help out in it, mm-hmm. I will. On the flip side, I also will tell people quickly, nah, that ain't you, bro. Right. <laughs> or, or you might need to you know, look at this differently and be able to give them true advice, which in a lot of cases is probably the most valuable because at least somebody has seen it before. Right. So that's, that's kind of that. Amazing. 
That is definitely amazing. Oh my goodness. But yeah. <clears throat> I do I do want to <laughs> get to this top five because we you know we're going overtime, but it's okay because you're dropping oh. you you drop I didn't even okay. think we was <laughs> gonna make the whole hour, but I it's all good. It's all good like, though. And I love I'm... that though. That's that's the whole point. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because it's more it's more to like look forward to, you know. You don't really get to have conversations like this on a regular basis. With somebody you like, you literally yeah. just met. I'm asking you to be on a podcast that you barely even know about, and I, you know, I've seen you through, like I said, zooming with the homies, and then now you're here. So mm-hmm. it's all like a full circle. Like I have a connection with you as well because um, when you were talking about Ninth Wonder, I was actually in mm-hmm. his video. His, him and David Banner they shot a video here in Virginia Beach. And I was in, I was wow. the leading lady in that video. And then, um, okay. oh God, it was something else that you had. Oh, in college, I used to be a computer science information systems major until I switched it to mass com. So we have a uh-huh. lot, of things, lot more things in common than I, I, I thought. And I was like, wait, that's, that's pretty crazy. But He's like, I don't hear that. <laughs> by, by the way, David Benner is one of is my top person in hip hop in my mind. Oh. All because he did one little thing. What? And I guess I'm I'm going back to even kind of that feeling that Renzel probably had. When I worked in Charlotte, we did um Funkmaster Flex used to do this car show and uh-huh. it came to Greensboro. And I went up there with Boogie Dito, program director. We went up there and it was a car show. It was all day long and David had just his single had just dropped mm-hmm. and so he performed and when I say he performed it was early in the day it was probably like 2 o'clock mm-hmm. he was on stage he jumped on top of a trailer he was in the audience like he was just performing his heart out mm-hmm. I was like man he's out here for really doing this and he got on stage at the end and was like yo I've been trying to do this I'm so happy y'all are here you know I've just always wanted to be this person and work in this industry. So what I'm going to do is anybody that want to autograph, anybody that want a picture, I'm going to be over here. I will take any picture. I will do anything. We'll have a conversation. I'll be right over there. Like he just said it at the end. Wow. This is like in August. This is when like Madden had just came out. So me and my roommate who went up there, we were playing Madden football in Boogie's car. He had like the TVs in the car, car show. So we're playing for like hours, hours. Probably about seven o'clock, we had got out the car, you know, still looking around, seeing what else is going on. And to my left is David Banner. And he's literally still signing autographs and still taking pictures (laughs) with every single person five hours later. Wow. And me and my old roommate looked at each other and was like, oh, we fooled him. Like, (laughs) like. Him being that dedicated mm-hmm. to just like, you know what, any little thing, like I understand the position that I'm in and I'm appreciative of what I've been able to do and I'm not taking any of it for granted. Right. And so that was another lesson is I use that in my own life. I don't take anything for granted, any step, any person, so any opportunity. So even with this, when you reaching out to me, it's like, I don't say you want to talk to me. Let's talk. Right. We can figure this out. Like, I don't take any little thing for granted because I've worked my butt off to be in this position to be able to tell these stories, to be able to do these things. 
And so with that certain level of humbleness, I try to be able to give it back to anybody that want to talk. So, you know, that's where the FaceTimes with people come. Podcast, jump on, what you got. It It can fit my schedule and we can work it out. Let's carve it out. Let's do it. Because I truly enjoy it and I want to be able to share the gifts that have been given to me. Yes, I, I, I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, but let's get to the right. let's top get to five. the top five, top and five. then the question of the day, and then we gonna be out this game. Uh, so the top right, five, got I got you. three top uh, fives for you. So the the first one is okay. top five wing flavor. Oh, that's easy. okay. And then I'm going through all of my lemon pepper. Mm-hmm. Got to be number one. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gonna say that one. Yes. Um, hot lemon uh, is what we call it. Uh, which is a mixture between lemon pepper and um, hot, our original hot or OG hot, mm-hmm. is probably not number two. I like boneless wings with this flavor called spicy Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. It's like sweet, but also has a spiciness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, we call that SKQ. Then uh, garlic Parmesan, mm-hmm. but it makes your breath stink a little bit because <laughs> of all the garlic. But right. it, it's super good. In my opinion, um, ooh, and number five, uh, I would go Louisiana rub. And I see this is, and this is even my um, hashtag marketing because I did only name off <laughs> Wingstop exclusive flavors, uh-huh. but those are the ones that are top of mind. Uh, <laughs> on that end, I'm trying to get them to bring back this past or last year. We did, um, our, for our 25th anniversary, we did this thing called 25 Days of Flavor. Mm. And we did flavor remixes where the stores mixed two flavors together mm-hmm. and put them on the wings. So they did this lemon pepper garlic parmesan. Oh, it was mm. so fire. So I'm trying to get them to bring back at least a couple of them and do something cool for the fans because they love whenever we do different flavors. So those are my five. Nice. Nice. LP, uh, Hot Lemon, SKQ. Louisiana rub and garlic parmesan. Okay, cool. boom, boom. I need to take notes with my piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Okay, T- your top five marketing creations. Oh man, he's like my baby. <laughs> um, that I've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'll go top five executions. Yeah, marketing creations. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, in no particular order. Um, AT&T 28 Days, which is a Black History Month program, mm-hmm. um, we did. That was super cool. You know, using a brand like a big AT&T and really celebrating Black history. Right. Um, and we did these um, these speaking engagements with, um, originally it was like Ricky Smiley was the host. And we had Mark Lamont Hill and we had, um, forget who are the other people on it. But we did like these kind of speaking engagements all across the country um, as part of AT&T 28 Days Black History Month program. So that's one. Um, CIAA basketball tournament in 2007. Yeah, 2007. Mm -hmm. Um, I did the Ford fan experience. I was over entertainment from that. And it ended up being a lot of my coming out party. And I also take credit for CIAA basketball tournament being as big as it was mm-hmm. in Charlotte and getting this national play because that year I bought down 
Rick Ross. Mm. I bought down Omarion and Bow Wow when they dropped that album. I bought wow. uh, Jim Jones and Dipset. Um, from an R&B standpoint, I had Chrisette Michelle. From a gospel standpoint, I had um, um, CC Winans. Like, had this whole big setup, and it was a free concert inside the convention center in Charlotte. And I also had the Dream there when he had just dropped his stuff. And I didn't pay that much money for those people. It was just one of those to where there was a lot of exposure. And I gave them a couple dollars, but I also said, hey, I can set you up with after-party money. Mm, and that's where you really going to eat. Facts, facts. And so got them to town, got them to hotels, paid them a little bit of money. They came and did my show um, at the fan experience. And then they did their after parties. And then now when I would go back, like every celebrity did CIAA. Right. And it was the first time they had really seen like, oh, this is a big deal. And so I'm definitely proud of that one. Ended up growing too big for Charlotte, which is why it's now in Baltimore. Mm. But um, for the people that know, I'd be like, yep, I did that. That, that was me. <laughs> so that's two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a um, execution three years ago, right before I left my old agency to go over to Wingstop. And I did a, um, it was called Baller for a Day. Frito-Lay uh, brought me in. They had an integration in NBA 2K. Mm-hmm. And they had this ridge line. It was... Um, ruffles ridges and they had like a four-point line inside of the video game Mm -hmm. and they had me create a space at the all-star game that kind of spoke to that and we ended up creating this it made people go inside the game it was an analog world but it looked like it was digital Mm -hmm. so it would be like people playing basketball on tv that moved so we had them build this whole court that was digital Mm -hmm. And you can play the game on it. And you had to walk into it. It ended up being a super, super, super cool execution. And I was, you know, a huge budget. And they let me kind of build that together. So that was one of my biggest ones there. Um, let's see. You got two more. I got to throw some wing stuff in it. Oh, Super Bowl this past year. Super fire. Um, we ended up getting into the Maxim party and providing the wings for the Maxim party. And, uh, we, yeah, I know. And I got it for super cheap. It's, I, I wouldn't even go to numbers. It was just way super cheap. Right. But they needed food, and we had a food truck, and we were able to provide. So from that Maxim party, uh, of course, Ross performed, and uh, Lil Nas X was there, and Chain Smokers on the white side, and then they had, um, yeah, who, uh, oh, Megan Thee Stallion came out. So that execution happened. But from that, then I got a phone call and Puffy was doing a party at his house on Star Island and wanted Wingstop to come there. And so I had it basically negotiated and figured out that night. And that next day on Super Bowl Sunday, the truck went over to Puffy's house and I actually didn't go over there because I was actually at the game because the Kansas City Chiefs was in the Super Bowl and I mm-hmm. thought I'd never see that. <laughs> and so I had to witness that part of it. Right. But the truck was over there and the team went over there. And so people like Kanye was there and um, the baby came through. But the biggest one was Lizzo came by. Wow. Back to the relationship. Lizzo talks to our team. And one of the guys in my truck was from Houston, Texas, Southwest A-Lease, Texas. She, they end up going back and forth. Where are you from? Where y'all from? We're from Texas. I'm from Texas. Ah, they give her a special 
you know, lemon pepper with some spicy terrine Q on there. She gets on her tour bus or her, her in her car and goes on Instagram. Oh. And it's like, yo, Wingstop just gave me my special flavor. Shout out to Wingstop. Shout out to the crew from A-List Texas. Wingstop. Yeah, like, yo, tagged us, did the whole nine. And just was like, yo, I love Wingstop. I ain't pay for that. <laughs> she went on there on her own, all because of the connection that was there that happening. Facts. And for her 10, 15 million followers on Super Bowl Sunday, and they're following her, and all they see on her story is, Wing. oh my God, Wingstop. I love Wingstop. Day. And I'm like, wow, I would have paid you for that. Right. But thank you. <laughs> um, but that ended up being a, a super good execution on that end. So I think I think that might be five. Yeah. I got a couple other ones. There are kind of my babies, but I, I got truly like the work that's done. Right. Like if we're able to do stuff, some of my essence promotions were super good. Um, some stuff we did for, you know, Walmart and, and um, what well, did one for American airlines for the American black film festival. And we took over the check-in process and it was like, you were checking into the airport, but you were getting your badge. It was a whole different thing. So oh, yeah, wow. those are like top five. On I definitely that have um, to experience some of these Wingstop uh, promos and marketing. I got to, got to. <laughs> oh yeah, we, 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 as soon as this world opens back up, I got an idea that might be super fire. Uh-oh. You know, they let Uh-oh. me do it, so you know, I'm yeah, ready. we we gonna do that. We are gonna do that. <laughs> All right, with the, the last, next top the five, last top five know? is your top five franchises. Like what city or what what state or who owns them? If you can do that. Oh, so as far as who's like the big dog? Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll go cities. Cities we're strong. Um, in L.A. Okay. Los Angeles and like like we deep in L.A. and a lot of people think we're bigger than what we are. Mm-hmm. Um, like because of our presence in L.A. Um, and we have some franchises out there, franchisees out there. Um, it's a guy, it's an ownership group out there that owns over a hundred plus restaurants, wow. like one group, they own like a hundred of them. Um, so big in LA, Dallas, which is where we're headquartered and where, um, we were founded. Mm-hmm. We're founded in, was it 1994? Yeah. 94 in, uh, in L I'm, I'm sorry, in basically just outside of Dallas, Texas. Um, we're huge in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also huge in um, Houston and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, big in Texas, big in California. Um, I also have an affinity for our Atlanta store. We're not as, as, as many restaurants there, but they ride for us. Mm-hmm. And if that's a hard market, especially from a wing standpoint uh-huh. because there are so many local wing restaurants who are phenomenal and for us to come in as kind of this bigger brand right. and be able to still play in that space it says a lot to you know our marketing team that's out there and just the people that love us and they will defend us there was a social media post uh some guys were talking about oh, you only wing stop you ain't from atlanta and our fans came in there and was like you tripping we <laughs> love wing stop we love this over here and a lot of times, even talking and, and seeing stuff on social mm-hmm. from a negative standpoint, we don't even clap back. Mm-hmm. We just fall back and our fans will come in to our defense. Mm-hmm. We call it our flavor fam. Oh, they come through. And I just be sitting back watching like, go on, get them, get them. <laughs> you know, they, they not the, 
the, the beehive or some of these other ones, but they, you know, right. they come through like, nah, you, you're not about to be talking about Wingstop, which shows a certain brand affinity mm-hmm. that I appreciate and that we try to cultivate as much as we possibly can. Yeah, Wingstop is definitely for the culture. So whoever's sleeping on Wingstop, so, y'all need not to. <laughs> it's for the culture. Like, we jumped in the versus battles. I was in the comments. Yeah. Um, the last one, we probably would have been in them yesterday. They hadn't got canceled. Um, But my (laughs) biggest thing is my marketing strategy, my influencer strategy is called Feed the Culture. Okay. Whatever we can do to, with the double entendre, to feed the culture, Mm -hmm. that's where we win. Being able to tap in and finding those cultural moments, those things that we can be able to play in Mm -hmm. and not come across as somebody that's posing or being a culture vulture, we don't want to be that. Never want to be that part of it. We have authenticity and we use it whenever we need to or when we invite it or whenever we can. And those spaces, luckily, are spaces that we can be able to play because we've been invited to the party. Facts. Facts. All facts. Facts. Ooh, that's top five. See, I was nervous on that end. Like, ooh, that's like a pop quiz. See? (laughs) Whew, I got, I'm good. It's okay. Good, you, you, good. It's over. It's over now. <laughs> you know, I'm about No, no, no. Okay. I'm good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I do want to ask you. Um, I seem to to hear he had a black card for Wingstop. Now, um, <laughs> you know, I, um, I was talk- yeah, I was talking to myself earlier about it. I'm like, well, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. So, you know, um, they don't. It pun they intended, don't. you know. Um, so, yeah. yeah. How, how do you get, <laughs> how do you get that? You know, um, it's a, it's a, you know, you got to know somebody. I, I know a guy, oh, okay. you know, that might have access mm. to them. You know, mm. I can call them. It ain't even going to take two phone calls, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that we'll, phone call would be, you know, in my favor if, if something <laughs> like that were, you know, it's Christmas time, you know, holidays is coming, you know, a blessing I, is, I, is should be a stowed upon somebody. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, Absolutely. <laughs> The fun, so here's what's funny about them black cards. Mm-hmm. I got them created probably about, um, oh, probably about eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And it all came from, there was one card um, that looked like an American Express black card, had Ross's face on it, it said Wing Boss on it. And I found it in a drawer of the old media director that had been gone for six months, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And it was like they were moving some stuff. And I found out, I was like, yo, what is this? I was like, oh this might be good. So I ended up calling the people that make our um, gift cards that they mm-hmm. sell in the stores mm-hmm. and said, do we have this design? I want to duplicate it and I want to be able to use it for our influencers and stuff. And so I like those cards they don't cost for like 10 cent a piece, right. something minimal or whatever to be able to get produced. But I was like, it ain't even about that cost. We can load them up with money and, you know, just in the same way from a gift card perspective, but the status that it gives you <laughs> is key. Yes. Because I've even walked into, I have one, I had the only one at first and I walked in and I would have my team, they would load it up with, with, um, money on it. I can use that wing side as far as a gift card. Mm-hmm. And I went in, I was in LA and I gave the guy a card and they swiped it like a credit card. And it was like, I'm sorry, this isn't going through. I was like, it's a gift card. It was like, Oh, I never seen this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I work for headquarters. You know, this is good. <laughs> and they were like, Oh, Oh, all right. 
okay. And I was like, hmm, there's yeah. some status things that come with it. And <laughs> interesting is just looking and observing, and sure enough, yeah, people clamored about, can I, can I get one of them, them cards? I need the for real, for real. So, yeah, I got you. We, we, yeah, let's definitely touch the base. I can yeah. coordinate that and have, have our guy that does that shit one out to you. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> like a, you do have to tell the people at Wingstop, though, um, that it's a gift card and not a credit card because they two different things. Thank Although in this dynamic, it really is a vanity thing because nobody's really going into the store to pay for their stuff anyway. They ordered right. it off the app or off the website. It's all digital and you just put the numbers in and it just loads it up. But it does, it is a cool status symbol. It's like, you know what, I, I got people. I, I know people, it, you know, <laughs> exactly. I'm one of them. But I, I can get you a win. As long as you're going to use it, them oh, little places out there, I got you. Of course. I got you. Uh, yeah. We can do that. <laughs> you're right. Definitely. Ask, you know, ask and you shall receive, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's a blessing. Look at God. Eh? Won't he do it? <laughs> <laughs> Won't he will? Won't he will? <laughs> but, oh my gosh, I hate that it's coming to a close. That, um, But I love the whole conversation. I definitely have to get you back on So Hollywood, the podcast. Um, and yeah, this, just, this was good. This was good. It's way deeper than I thought it was going to get to. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, we went all the way back. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. This is, this is what I love, like, to get people... <laughs> to that root and actually have them think about something that they haven't thought about in a long time. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and it's organic. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I like yeah. about it is no, no faking, no flogging or anything behind it. It's all organic conversation, communication, yeah. that relationship being built, you know, based off of this one conversation. So I, I really appreciate yeah. you ca- uh, calling in and, and being a part of so Hollywood the podcast, but I do have one last question. And then I'm going to let you, you know, have it with the social media. You can tell everybody where to follow you. What's the newest about to happen on Wingstop? You know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) But um, the question is, what bothers you about the industry? Why and what is your solution to fixing it? Um. Probably the biggest thing that bothers me, and you kind of talk to it, and I may have said something to it earlier, mm-hmm. um, where it's when people are too focused on the shine mm-hmm. and how that deflects from getting to the money. Because mm-hmm. shine don't spend. It doesn't. And I've seen it happen too many times where people get so caught up in the limelight and caught up in, oh, I get to do this, look what I get to do, and all this other stuff, and then they can't pay their rent. Or, you know, or looking up, well, I can't, I'm too I'm too high up, I can't, I can't take this job at Best Buy, I'm too good for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it really leaning into that part of it. Um, and, you know, because of this world that we live in, that it's really about how many followers I got, or how do I get this over here? Just all of those shiny type things. How many likes this thing got? It's like, really, that ain't really what you need to be focused on. The people that are really making the moves are doing them in ways that are right in front of your face. And you may not know who they are or what they do. One of my mentors is a guy named Worldwide West, William Wesley. And, you know, it's been part of some of the biggest deals and opportunities that have happened in sports 
he gets caught out on certain things on 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 Drake Pound Cake. I think um, oh, two songs. Um, he got caught out by Jay Z on Pound Cake when he said, "Shout out to World Wide West." Everywhere we leave, every every time we leave, we leave a worldwide mess. And even when Drake did his song when he shot back um, at Meek Mill, mm-hmm. and he said, I learned the game from William Wesley, you can never check me. These people are hiding in plain sight. They're actually pulling the strings, making the things happen, but are not so focused on, oh, look at me, look at me. And so that's what I say. That bothers me a little more about the industry, figuring out as far as to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It may be too far gone. I think the the way to fix it is really trying to keep people or give a different perspective and having conversations like this mm-hmm. of saying, Hey, you can still be around. You can still do whatever you want. You can still make things happen, but not have to deal with the shine and the limelight, which right. means I can go to the store and not have to worry about somebody asking me every five minutes to take a picture. Right. Or I can be able to maneuver and do things and have a certain level of anonymity. Like, you don't have to do all of that and still be able to do the things that you want to do. So biggest thing, you know, too much focus on the sign, figuring out ways to be able to circumvent that and have conversations like this to be able to say you don't have to be that person to still be able to get some value out of it and do something good for society. Thanks. Did I answer that question? Yes. That yes long-winded. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all good. Now, tell them where they can follow you and any new stuff that's coming out, and then we out this jam. Oh, see, dang. See, now that's now counterproductive. Man, I got to focus <laughs> on the shine. Oh, Lord. Um, I probably should post more. When my boy Desi sees this and listens to this, he's probably going to get on me because he's like, Taylor, you need to post more. You need to post more. And I'd be like, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> um, but um, Instagram is probably what the platform I'm on most. Um, everybody loves Dalen. So it sounds arrogant, but I like to try to live up to that because um, I, I want to be loved. I want to be, you know, um, liked by people to be able to say, you know what? That's a good dude. Like, He's real. He's going to say what he what he needs to say. And he's just going to be authentic and genuine as much as possibly can be. So everybody loves Dalen um, is my Instagram name. And I'm on Twitter, but I really don't use it as much. Um, and just all of those platforms is probably the easiest way to kind of catch up with. And, you know, shoot, give me a shout out, you know, make a comment, shoot me a DM. Like, I'm accessible, you know. And if I can be able to provide any insight or advice or anything like that I, I will and if I can't I will tell you I have no problem with doing that either <laughs> that's what's up that's what's up be like yeah nah that ain't me but I wish you the best I wish you, if you calling me to say can you get my music to Rick Ross that answer is no oh. I can't do it I don't That's what really I should have asked know, you. How like, many people actually contact you and to ask you stuff like that? Not that often. You know, I'll get the, oh, well, can you, you know, send this over to this so-and-so person because I've seen you with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd be like, I'm not calling if it ain't about the business right. or if it ain't about the money. Right. Like, because I don't want to lose my own personal credibility to help yours right. out. Right. Like, everybody know. If I call, it's about something real, mm-hmm. and they're going to answer that call. And that credibility is built, built up over years. And I'm not about to lose that for you 
and it's just you know nah it ain't worth it and i want to make sure i i remain like these relationships i've invested in and they're real important to me and i want to make sure that they remain so yeah don't send me no tracks I will call your tracks trash and say, don't do that. There's, there's got to be a better way. Or I'll tell you, you might need to go work at Best Buy. That's how I got in the, in the radio, you know, which is a true statement. See, I wasn't even lying. Right. <laughs> go humble yourself a little bit. That's all. Just go. Go, go humble go yourself forward. a little bit, yeah. you know. And if you make it, I wish you the best. I hope, you know, I motivate you to do something. I'm not going to be mad at it. Facts. At all. Facts. So, that's that. <laughs> I appreciate you once Bye. again. Once again. <laughs> and you guys can follow Not me a on Instagram, M-I-S-S Hollywood 313. And of course, you can follow the podcast, So Hollywood the Podcast. Um, and it's going to be all digital platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, Apple Music, SoundCloud, all that. Just search my name and you'll find me. Um, shout out to the core DJs because I am a core model slash core DJ as well. Um, one of the ah, biggest, okay. yeah, one yep. of the biggest DJ organizations <laughs> in the core. world. Core, what's that? What's his name? Tony. Tony? Neal. Yes. No. Yes. Tony Neal. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, I'm going back to my radio days, yep. boy. When they used he's to still out here. He's yeah, still out here doing his thing. He just they actually he actually just dropped some um headphones. So you can see that on his Instagram gotcha. page. So yeah, shout out Go to ahead, Tony. Yeah. Um shout out to the Adult Swim tour. I'm gonna try I'm gonna talk to you off air with that too, because I got something else going on okay. with that. Um but yeah, shout out yeah. to everybody, Go shout out. out to all my listeners, and I really appreciate you. For even showing up, no shout, the shout out to you. <laughs> like, yo, I was I was listening to the track at the beginning. I was like, oh, we got production up in here. It's real out here in these streets. <laughs> like, let's get it. Let's get it. I was on mute. Like, oh, it's my time to jump in. I, I'm about to drop a freestyle. No, I wasn't. I can't freestyle. I, you know, or next sing. time, no. I, I know my strength. That ain't, <laughs> next yeah, time, have yeah. some bars ready. Cause I do, I, I, I do do a thing called um, Sweet Sixteen, and that's for those if if they're an artist, mm-hmm. they can spit it if they want to. Mm-hmm. So I try to that, I try to work around my guests. You know, I have I have different things mm-hmm. that I like to throw in there and whatnot. But uh, yes, this is definitely. I hear perfect. you. <laughs> I've recognized and realized I'm way too analytical to freestyle because I would say something and I'd be thinking about it too much that I can't go to the next one. Like, I appreciate people that can freestyle. Yeah. My mind does not work that way. It is too analytical. And I'd be like, why did you say that, honey? <laughs> like, they don't rhyme with this. They gonna say that word. And they, like, uh, and I'd be, oh, okay, I'm supposed to be spitting on this sweet 16. Nah, <laughs> nah, I know my strength. That, that ain't one of them. Okay. That's good though. That's good. <laughs> but like I said, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, we gotta bring you back. And yeah. Well, if you don't have anything else, we're gonna be out this thing. Catch me next uh next week for another episode of So Hollywood the Podcast. Is it me or was it hiding here?
To book your next studio session, contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com.